I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And good morning. Welcome to this edition of uh, Healthy Matters on this Sunday morning. If you're new to the show, thank you very much for joining us. Your host, Dr. David Hilden, is here with some uh, special guests. One week from today, however, we'll be in different digs. We will be in different digs, Denny. We're going to do our, our live studio audience show next week. We're going we're gonna to leave the friendly confines of the WCCO studios, and we're going to go down to the Clinic and Specialty Center. That's a, few a beautiful away. building, by the way. Yeah, it really is, Danny. We're, gonna be, we're doing our, our Decade with Dave show. We're celebrating 10 years of being on the air, and uh, the show uh, uh, is going to be full. We've, we've got a full house of people. Um, those of you who have signed up, we can't wait to meet you. It'll be next week, same time, same station, just different location, and uh, – so if you're listening on the radio or if you will be with us in person, you're going to want to tune in for the special Decade with Dave 10-year celebration show. We're going to talk to a few of my colleague guests. We'll talk a little bit about diabetes, a little bit about obstructive sleep apnea and sleep disorders, a little bit about arthritis. We're not going to dive too deeply into any of those topics, but I'm going to introduce you to some people um, right there in person. And we're going to talk a little bit about those topics, and we're going to have some coffee and maybe give away a few things. It's going to be really fun. Yeah, it's going to be some goodies to eat, I hear, too. Uh, there, yep. And, and as long as I'm on that subject, let me talk a little bit more about what happens after the Decade with Dave show. We're having a community health series that we have dubbed Here for Health. These are sort of like adult education sessions. They're um, fun and uh, casual ways for you to learn about healthcare from some experts, meet some people in person, a little hands-on learning. We're doing one in July, one in August, and one in September. And I'll, I'm gonna, uh, they're all free. Every one of them is free, and the parking is right on site, right underground. So if it's inclement weather, you don't even have to worry about it. You can just take, take the elevator from your parking lot right to the sessions. And I'm going to highlight the one that is um, in September. Because my guests in studio today are going to be doing one of the sessions on September 15th at the Here for Health series. They're going to be talking about mammography. And um, uh, Leah Hahn, who is the supervisor of mammography at Hennepin, and Dr. Tony Sievert, who is the assistant um, chief of radiology. So he's the doctor who um, is a specialist in, in breast imaging. They'll be on hand. You can meet them. You can talk about mammography. And uh, I think they're going to show you around the, the place a little bit. So it's a great kind of hands-on way to learn. That one's in September. If you want more information about signing up for any of the Here for Health series, um, go to hennepinhealthcare.org slash health. And that last part is all run together with no spaces or anything and use the number four. So it's here for health. And you can sign up. And again, they're free, but space is limited. So go ahead, sign up for one, two, or all three of them. Very good. So today we're going to talk about mammography and breast cancer screening, a really big topic. And so um, something that we like to do periodically because it would perhaps be one of the topics with the most interest we have found over our decade on the air. So joining us in studio is Dr. Tony Sievert. He is HCMC's Assistant Chief of Radiology. He's been a guest on the show several times before, um, and he keeps coming back for more. Thanks, Tony, for being here. 
Thanks for having me, David, and congratulations on your 10 years. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a fun time, and I appreciate your time coming on a Sunday morning to help us out. Um, Tony's trained in all aspects of diagnostic radiology. In other words, he does all kinds of imaging, but for the last, what, about decade or so, mostly you focused on women's imaging? You know, this isn't something I have memorized. I always have to ask somebody else when I started uh, mammography, but I you know, I did start mammography right out of the chute, so in 99 when I started uh, working at Hennepin. Over the years, uh, there have been years when I was the only person I'd hadn't been doing mammography. So when you're the only person, that makes you the head of mammography. That makes you the head. Of, he's the head of a department of, at that point of just and, him. And, you know, we've we've since gathered a group of of uh, specialists to do mammography with me, and none of them wants to be the head of mammography. So I still am. So you still are, and, and it makes him awfully good at it. Uh, and the mammography program has expanded to new location. Still, still great doctors, but we have somebody else here. Leah Hahn, you've been on the show as well before. So we have um, two repeat guests today. Um, she is the mammography supervisor at Hennepin. Um, thanks for being back on the show, Leah. Oh, thanks for having me back. So um, we're going to talk a little bit with listeners about breast cancer, particularly about imaging of breast cancer. In other words, when do you need a mammogram? Why do you need a mammogram? When do you need some other kind of imaging? What's an ultrasound? What's an MRI? We're going to be talking about those kinds of things, and we'll be welcoming your questions if you have one, because this is your chance to talk to two people who know more than most other people about the topic. So that's what we're going to be doing today. So give us a call or a text if you want to join in that conversation. Let's start out like I usually like to do, and either one of you can answer this, about the scope of the problem, if you will, and and maybe start us off. Um, Tony, you could start us off with that. Uh, how how big a deal is breast cancer in the country today? What's the current, current situation with how, how common it is? Well, I think everybody either knows somebody who ha- who has had breast cancer, is somebody who has had breast cancer, or will know somebody who has breast cancer. I mean, there's uh, the statistics say that one in eight women over the course of their lifetime will develop this this problem, and that's a twelve percent incidence. Um, the rate of breast cancer increases as you get older. So, in your forties, you, you might get breast cancer. It, it becomes more and more prevalent as as a person ages, uh, and the nice thing about – well, nice thing. One of the positive things about getting breast cancer as you're older is when you're younger, the breast cancer, it tends to be more aggressive. So if you get breast cancer in your 40s, it's going to be a more aggressive form of breast cancer. If you get it when you're in your 70s, probably Why is not that? so aggressive. I think it has more, mostly to do with the hormonal uh, influences. Breast cancer um, tends to respond to and grow in, in, in response to estrogen and progesterone. So when you get a breast cancer as a younger woman, it's more um, there's more of that around. Uh, but I, you know, I actually why we don't know why people who are older tend to get uh, less aggressive cancers, but we have some theories. Is there any any evidence that it's faster growing when you're younger? Um, Tends to be. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Okay. So breast cancer is something that, as you've said, um, most people here, men and women, will know someone um, who has. Uh, um, uh, develop breast cancer in some form. So we're going to talk a little bit about what you should do about that. And it's um, uh, let's talk a little bit right away about the guidelines for when women should be getting screened for for, for, breast, for breast cancer. And when I say screened, what I'm talking about is asymptomatic women, women who don't have, they're not feeling a lump or anything, you know, just your average woman out there. Um, screening is when you get a test looking for an illness that you don't have any symptoms for. So that's that's kind of a, just a brief definition of what screening is. 
So what are the current guidelines? When should a woman get screened? Well, there are a lot of current guidelines. I know that's a loaded question. I'm asking him that because I know there's about four different guidelines and we tend to confuse people because they're different. So, you know, Leah and I, um, our breast center is accredited by uh, the, the American, Can- American College of Radiology, which is the only accreditation body that, that is legal in the state of Minnesota. And so th- their guidelines are the guidelines that we ascribe to. And that's getting a mammogram starting at age 40 and getting one every year till you're done. Yeah. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure ACR says that, you know, when you're about, and there's a cutoff at like 80 or there's a certain age at which if we don't think that we can increase your lifespan by 10 years by doing mammography in the general population, then we just, why would we do screening in, a, in like a 90 year old? So that's the American College of Radiology. So there are other organizations might say that you should start getting a mammogram at age 50 and you should get it every two years. And then others say you should get it younger. Um, why the, why the controversy? The benefits and, and risks of, of breast cancer screening are weighed differently in, in different, um, like the US, uh, USPSTF. That's a mouthful. Um, I, I talk about that a lot. It is a mouthful. They say that, uh, there are the risks of screening, which are overdiagnosis and fear. Uh, and excess biopsies, um, they weigh that more than than those of us who are doing mammography and say, well, those those are are really a problem, and so we we don't want to overdiagnose, we don't want people to be scared, so we should do it every two years, and we should start at age fifty. Um, they don't see the benefit of catching the the early breast cancers in the forties as as great as the fear of mammography. So I hear that all the time, you know, because, um, you know, I, I, I try to stay up on guidelines. That's kind of a hard sell for patients, I think. The, the, the one that says you ought to, I, I have to kind of maybe say my bias a little bit. I, I kind of get biased a little bit towards age 40 and, and every year since because it's, it just sounds so, um, you're going to miss so many. It would seem if you waited till age 50. And every other year, but that just goes to show there are different guidelines. And I think many people listening probably know a woman who was 35, maybe not 35, well, maybe 45, younger people who would not have been caught under the, the new guidelines. So, so listeners, yes, indeed, there are, um, conflicting guidelines sometimes, but the point is you ought to get all people ought to be getting your, um, your breast cancer screening. And I, I tend to, I tend to agree with you, Tony, that the American College of Radiology um, guidelines saying start at age forty and get it annually seems to be a. But I think, as you know, as a, as a primary care physician, it's your job to have that discussion with your patients right. and find something that works for that patient. And the fact that we have all these guidelines can be empowering for patients. The patient can then decide. Well, you know what? I want to start at forty-five and go every other year. Right. You can, you can make up your own screening regimen. Is radiation one of the the um, Concerns about about uh, overscreening that we're going to do. Gee, you could get forty of these things in your lifetime if you get it every year. That's a lot of radiation. Is it, that a concern? You know, it's something that we think about as we know that radiation can cause breast cancers. Um, the radiation that we use in mammography is a very low dose, and it we know that it will eventually cause some breast cancers, but the the benefit of catching early cancers is so much mag- orders of magnitude greater than than any risk. Right. Okay, so we, we don't necess- we don't worry. But if we worried about that, we wouldn't do it. 
Good. We're getting some text messages in. We'll welcome more, and then we're going to talk to Leah Han and Tony Sievert after the break. Very good. Here is the phone number to call, and there is a line open, 651-989-9226, or uh, send us a text, 81807. That's 81807. Overcast, 59 degrees here on CCO. And welcome back to Healthy Matters. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807. Here again is Dr. Hilden. Thanks, Denny. So I've never had a mammogram. I uh, um, and uh, have you, Tony? I have not. But, um, I, you haven't had one? No, I have not. So we we could talk a teeny bit about should men ever get these, but, we're, but the reason I bring that up is because I don't have a clue what you know what goes on, as do most men. And um, women are all right now, you know, they're all like rolling their eyes. People who are listening and say, "Let me tell you what it's like." Well, I'm in there. I watch them. Yeah, you're in there, but you're you're not the one there's standing. A of, there's a lot of wrestling with the machine and yeah. hanging onto things. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's a gymnastic event. Yeah, I have seen it. I've walked into the room and at the Wanzak Family Breast Care Center, which is uh, Hennepin's um, mammography suite um, at the at the downtown se- um, center. Leah Han runs that whole program. So, Leah, tell us what happened when a woman goes in. What what can she expect? What's it like to get a mammogram? Oh, first off, I just want to say the Wanzac Family Breast Care Center, it, it's it, it's so beautiful thanks to the Wanzac family. The artwork there is just stellar. If you've had your mammogram at Hennepin before, you know, we've always had great people. Yeah. That's I've always said that. You know, our Very people friendly. have been great, but but sometimes we make our patients wander through the hospital hallways to find the place and they, if they were able to find the green first floor building, they could find the old mammography no. place, you know, but you know, you had to wander through the hallways yes. and you get back there and it was built a few years ago. Well, the clinic and specialty center includes the Wanzac family breast care center, which is right there on the first floor. It's a beautiful facility. Everything's on site and you have great artwork. It's just lovely. Yes. And it's more intimate. So you come in, check in and then there's a, a in the back, there's a sub waiting room just for women. Oh, so it's a little bit. Yes. Oh, so you're not sitting out there with everybody else getting everything else done? No, no. And they're offered a spa bathrobe from a blanket warmer, so it's more, nice and warm. Get out, really? Yeah. Oh, so you get a warmed up bathrobe, but yeah. you know. So we're so I think, but but all kidding aside, that does kind of this can't be the most fun thing you're going to do that day, and so to make it a little no. bit more pleasant, I think is a great thing, and that is now the case yeah. um, as of uh, this year. So um, you you're you're the supervisor of the whole operation. So I come in, I'm on the first floor, I come in, I check in, What? what's kind of, talk us through what a woman, what's the steps? Well, well, if you've never had one before, I basically explain the procedure to you. I'll have to ask you some health history questions regarding your hormones and assess what your family history or your your, self, your history is, or your risk, I should say, of, of breast cancer. And then um, we'll go through the procedure, which is basically taking um, four images, Images total, two of each breast, because your breast um, actually goes further up into your armpit or your axillary. Than people area. think. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we do have to take a picture of that area as well, make sure that there's nothing hiding up there. So there's you typically four pictures and you're done. Usually takes, on average, seven minutes, um, you know, sometimes 15, just depending. Um but the, th- the thing's not on for the, the – no, I was going to say no, the No, the actual – it's literally one to three seconds, the actual picture itself. Um, but the actual coming in, asking your history, taking the images, and you're out the oh, door. Oh, that whole process is yes, only seven yes, minutes. Okay. Yes. So that, that, that is really good. Yes. 
Um, so does it hurt? It depends on the person. Oh, you're, 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 she, people, she didn't just come right no. out and say no. No, it, um, it, it can be. It can be. Unco- Most people say that is not as bad as I thought it was going to be. It was a little uncomfortable. Kind of a um, once you think about it, a little bit of a strange test, you know. But but um, it it it, it um, it's just a little bit un- uncomfortable. Then it doesn't last very long, and it no. could, it could save your life. Yes, definitely. So do you get younger women in, you know, just to kind yes. of follow up the conversation I was having with Tony Siebert um, before yes. the break is when we were talking about when should you start? You are seeing younger women come in? Um, symptomatic women, meaning patients who have a breast lump or nipple discharge or something new happening with their breasts. They come in for their mammogram and maybe even a breast ultrasound. And then we also have patients that come earlier because they have a strong family history and their risk is um, – a lot higher than someone without a family history. So they'll come in and, and get screened. There's a text kind of a, uh, on that topic uh, that it just says um, two of – there's lots of texts and I'm going to get to them later. But this one's right about what we're talking about. It says two of my, my family had breast cancer pre-40 years of age. Both had to pressure their doctors to proceed with tests. What's, your con- what's the conclusion? And this person says follow your instincts. So I guess what that, that, that tells me is if you are having a symptom – that that's kind of a different story. I don't mm-hmm. think there. It doesn't sound like there should be much resistance to from your medical provider to ordering a mammogram if you're having something, you're feeling something, mm-hmm. a pressure, a lump. For um, that doesn't sound like that. If your doctor is giving you pressure on that, that sounds a little bit weird. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree with that? Yeah, and and you can. There's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. So exactly, I don't, I don't think our doctors at Hennepin, from my point of view. They don't have a problem sending people in for mammograms for just about any breast symptom. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm a primary care doctor. If, if a woman, or frankly, if a man, but we're talking mostly about women's health here. If a woman comes in and tells me that she's having a symptom in her breast, there is, I'm going to go zero chance. I'm not going to follow that up. Um, almost always, my step is going to be to send them to you two, <laughs> almost every time. Um, to get a mammogram and or an ultrasound. Let's let's talk about that just briefly. What's an ultrasound for? When is that needed? Um, in addition to or instead of or, or when do you get an ultrasound of the breast? We get ultrasounds. Um, if a patient comes in and says, I have a lump and that lump is right here and they can point right at it, then we take the ultrasound, we'll do a mammogram and look and see is is that anything to worry about or and do they have anything else anywhere else? And then we go to ultrasound and even if we didn't see something on the mammogram, we look right where they point. If they and, can feel it and point to it. Yeah. That, that'll give us – it gives us an idea of what else is in the breast. Inside of a dense breast tissue, you just – all you see is this white blob of tissue and there can be a cancer hiding in the middle of this density that you can see really well with ultrasound but not at all with mammography. So we use it for that. Some sites use it for screening. There's a, an automated breast ultrasound machine that's available that can scan your whole breast without a tech in the room. And uh, then someone reads that. We don't have one of those at Hennepin, but it's available in, in in the community. Can you do those right there on site, the ultrasounds? Um, let, let's say somebody comes in with a ma- uh, the, that lump that you're talking about. You get a mammogram. Yeah, I can see it. Do you do it right then? We do. We try to – normally people will be scheduled for both. It will be a mammogram followed by a diagnostic ultrasound or diagnostic mammogram followed by an ultrasound. And sometimes they're not. A patient comes in just for a mammogram and then um, – I think I'd say you know a good three quarters of the time we get that patient in that day for for their ultrasound because you know it's it's important to us that people don't have to wait very long for their next test. 
And then let's say that, that thing looks like you're not sure what it is. You can't just con- confidently say it's a benign system. We need to do a biopsy. How how does that work? When when you know, so when a woman gets a biopsy of a breast lump, could you talk us through that? That's usually uh, a mass that we see on mammo or ultrasound, um, and we usually do we do many of our biopsies using ultrasound. If you can see the lesion with ultrasound, then we're going to use it because it's the ultrasound guided biopsy uses a pretty large but smaller needle than the mammography guided biopsy. Mm. So um, it's done almost the same way as a breast ultrasound. You, you can see the, the abnormality with your probe and you can see a needle with, with your probe. And so you bring them together and take samples. We have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about – there's a dozen texts at least come in and now some phone calls are coming in. We're going to do that after the break. We do have to take a break. We're going to talk about dense, dense breast tissues. We're going to talk about um, breast MRI, and we're going to take your questions. Very good. We'll be back after our break with another half hour of the show. Overcast now in the Twin Cities, west winds at 17. Going to be a breezy day today. Our current CCO temperature reading, 59. And good morning. Welcome back to this portion of uh, Healthy Matters. We're talking about uh, breast health, among other things. Uh, Dr. Hilden is a couple of special guests. But before we throw it back to Dr. Hilden, let me give you the phone number and the text number, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. And here again is Dr. David Hilden. Thank you, Danny. Welcome to our show, everybody. Thank you for listening. We are indeed talking about breast health and mammography. We have Leah Han, the mammography supervisor at Hennepin Healthcare, as well as Dr. Tony Sievert, who um, is a radiologist and is the head of our mammography program. They are repeat uh, guests, and we're going to talk a little bit more with them, and then we're going to take a lot of your phone calls and texts. A couple things I want to tell you about. Next week's our live Decade with Dave show. You don't want to miss that, so tune in to the radio at its usual time. And for those of you coming out to greet me, I can't wait to see you. We have some things to give you. We'll have coffee together. It'll be a great show. You can um, also sign up for our, our community health series, Here for Health, a free series of uh, once-a-month things in July, August, and September. And then I wanted to um, tell you about the latest thing I've put at MyHealthyMatters.org. I do a lot of care with people with mental illness as well as physical health in my job. And uh, I have just in the last few days put up a uh, – I wrote an essay about the, what I entitled The Intersection of Physical and Mental Health. And um, uh, I, I invite you to, to have a look at it. It's at MyHealthyMatters.org. And um, it's it's my thoughts on on people with uh, severe and and persistent mental illness and how they don't live as long. And you maybe don't know that, but the lifespan for a person with significant mental illness is fifteen to thirty years less than people who don't have mental illness. And I talk about that a little bit, and my thoughts on that, and I reference in, uh, some some studies that have been out on that. So. Give it a look at myhealthymatters.org, and conveniently, you can sign up for the Here for Health series on a link there as well. So that's uh, you can do that today, myhealthymatters.org. So we're talking about about um, mammography and, and breast care, and we're going to get to the phones just shortly. But our new Wanzac Family Breast Care Center is in the Clinic and Specialty Center at Hennepin Healthcare in downtown Minneapolis, right there on 8th Street. And although our, our people haven't changed, the, the venue did. So, Leah, you're the supervisor. Have you had your first patient yet? Oh, yes. <laughs> In yes. the new center? Yes. Tell um, me about it. Oh, that um, actually, I was the first patient. <laughs> <laughs> that so, was a setup. I know yes. she was. So yes. You were the first patient? Yes. I had my screening mammogram. I'm 45 years old. Yeah. So I was due for my annual mammogram, and I had that done. And 
um, we were really busy that first week, you know, still moving in and, and we're still kind of still settling into the place. It's pretty new. So um, I got uh, my letter and I was called back. Did you send yeah. yourself the letter? Um, well, my the the mammography. Oh, so you got the mammog the mammog. Yep. And so, when in your but, lingo, when you get a call back, mm-hmm. that means the, the radiology department is sending the patient a letter saying, "We need you to come back. We found something." Yep. yep. So you got a call back so it's letter. A screening mammogram, just a routine screening, and I got called back. And there's about a ten percent chance of that happening when you you come in. And you know, I I um I told my husband, and um, he was you know upset, and I said, well, if it I don't know what it, it's not telling me that I have cancer. It just says, you know, they have a, a little change in my breast and I have to come mm-hmm. back and have additional images. And that is sometimes that's what happens. And I just thought in my head, well, if it is anything, you're catching it early. We'll take right. care of it. So, right. so then I was able to go in and for a diagnostic mammogram, because there's a new finding and for a diagnostic mammogram, um, you get your results same day at, at, uh, um, the breast center, you, you have your results the same day. So I was able to get some additional imaging and, um, talked with the radiologists and, um, it was a normal change for me. Oh, good. Yeah. I was so, waiting to see her. I didn't yeah. want to say it again. <laughs> so, um, so you went through what, you know, you can, you can relate to what then your patients are going mm-hmm. through. They're coming in mm-hmm. for their screening mammogram. There's something that, that was seen by the radiologist. You get a letter, you get called back, you have a diagnostic. That's got to be a little bit scary. I, I like the thing, the, the, what you said, is that it didn't take long. No. I can't imagine how waiting and mm-hmm. waiting and waiting must be mm-hmm. a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Now, was Dr. Siebert the radiologist? No. Okay. No. Because, <laughs> I mean, we're in the same studio. In fact, You're today tra- is the first time you've, he's heard of it. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Right. There's other you've videos. heard of HIPAA, right? Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. So, Doctors can't talk about their patients. <laughs> but I, I had a 3D mammogram, which is very similar to a 2D, only the images um, are layered out. So the radial, it makes it, you, would you say, Dr. Siebert, it makes it a bit easier to read through that dense breast tissue if someone has more dense breast tissue? Or? Yeah, the 3D does. Okay, makes, before you go one step further, does the doctor simply put on those paper 3D glasses that you do when you're watching Star Wars in 3D? That could help, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's not so necessary. You it's not that you just put on those 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 glasses. No, you get an image that you um, – the way that our machine works, you get a 2D representation of the 3D data that you can look at. And then you turn on the 3D and you basically can scroll through the breast so you see each level in greater detail mm-hmm. and, and a little more clearly – so if I see something on the 2D that I'm worried about, then I scroll through it and the 3D makes it pretty clear that what I'm seeing is a conglomeration of densities that are occurring at three or four different levels and none of those is worrisome. I don't have to call that patient back. Oh. So my, my 3D decreases callback rate and it all by – we call back about seven per, per hundred um, with 2D and with 3D we, we cut – Probably three of those out. So you can be a little more confident in what you're reading on yeah. there and, with the 3D. And if 3D. you do see something, you're more confident of actually what it looks like right. because you've seen it just in one slice. Is this a computer or like software technology that does that? It's a tomo- tomogram. We've had tomograms for, I don't know, at least decades. Yeah, a few decades, yeah. Um, and it's just it's an older technology that's been now kind of imported into the breast world. Uh, so, yeah, and the th- it, computers have made it. Have made that available. You can't. You couldn't do tomograms of the breast using the old tomogram technology. Yeah. You need a computer to put all those images together. 
We have lots of listener things. Let's go to them now. Sure. Phone number is 651-989-9226. Gene is uh, calling in from Victoria. Gene, good morning. What can we do for you? Uh, Yes, I had a question about uh, early stage uh, breast cancer that I had probably over 10 years ago. It was a stage zero, and it wasn't a lump. It was what they called calcification. It was little specks. And they said it's so, those specks are okay if they don't clump, but mine were clumping. There were nine of them that were clumping. So I had the biopsy, and they said it was a stage zero, and they did a lumpectomy, and then they wanted to do radiation. And I wanted to skip that, and, but they insisted. So I had the radiation and the lumpectomy, and apparently everything's okay, but now I'm wondering about my heart when... I had a bone scan. They could see um, calcification deposits in my aorta, and I'm wondering if that was from this radiation from the breast cancer. Those are all outstanding um, questions, Gene. Thank you for your call. Um, why don't you start out, uh, Tony, start about what, where, what did they find, calcifications on a mammogram? Let's explain that first. Microcalcifications uh, on a mammogram are pretty common. Um, we look for those as a as a marker for DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ, which is what that person is talking about. They're, it's a stage zero breast cancer. So Gene would have DCIS, yeah, ductal carcinoma in situ. It's cancer that has not invaded. It's living inside of a breast duct, which is technically outside of your body. And so, it, oh. you know, it's like, it's mm. just like your, your GI tract. It's in the duct work. It hasn't it's invaded in anything not yet. In, yeah. And, and if we can get at that and get it out, then it doesn't become invasive and as she said, sometimes um, we add radiation to the to the regimen depending on the aggressiveness of the cells that are inside of the duct and whether it's gone to the lymph nodes. Um, radiation can increase your five-year survival by a few percent. And, you know, at Hennepin, I think we would, rather than insist that a patient does radiation, we'd show them the data and say, like, this, this is your five-year survival rate if you don't do radiation. This is your five-year survival rate if you do. What do you want to do? Right, right, but not necessarily insist upon it. How about the second part of Jean's or the um, question about her aorta? Now she got something else there. Did did the radiation for her her stage zero breast cancer cause problems in her blood vessels? The radiation oncologist who did the radiation for Jean's breast tangentially made that radiation go through the breast and it might touch the front of the lung but it would never get to the aorta and it would never be it would never go that far back so cuz no, the aorta is in the back it's way in the back yeah and the calcifications that we see in the aorta are related to atherosclerosis and basically hardening of the arteries is what, what the 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 lay term for it um it doesn't have anything to do with the calcifications for for breast so probably two okay. separate issues there. What you two saw, Gene, issues. in your aorta is separate from what the breast – those are all really relevant and great questions. And I think um, things are probably looking okay for Gene then. I think so. All right. Thank you for your call. All right. We have to take a break. We'll be back after this break with more of your texts and phone calls here on Healthy Matters. Overcast and 59 degrees. Should see sunshine later today in the Twin Cities, although a breezy day, high near 72. We'll be right back. And welcome back to Healthy Matters, 651-989-9226. And as you can see, Dr. Hill, and a lot of text messages uh, at 81807. All right, let's go to the text line here, okay? Ready, gang? Lightning round. Dr. Tony Sievert and Leah Hahn, here's the lightning round on breast cancer from the text line. 
Um, I have a friend who has had two sisters, two nieces, and his mom that had breast cancer, and she's using the, the pronoun his. What is his chance of getting breast cancer? Well, men and is men on average they have about one percent chance of having breast cancer. I'm assuming that um, um, has he been checked yet? Um, those would be some of the questions that I would. But we get we get about one man a week you in do. our breast center with a with either some symptom or um, it, usually it's not breast cancer, but. He should talk to an oncologist. Yeah, so there's no routine screening guidelines for men. No, but that family history in general, if you have a 1% risk of breast cancer over your lifetime, uh, the family history with two or three relatives, first degree relatives who have had breast cancer increases your risk by three or four times. Yeah, and he's got three. He's got two sisters and his mom. Next question also about men. A 93-year-old male friend of mine has stage four breast cancer. What happens in the stages of breast cancer? Now, we can't get into that in some depth, but what is breast cancer staging about? Staging has to do with how far the, the cancer has spread into your body out of the breast. And stage four is uh, distant metastases, so metastases to the liver, to the lungs, to the brain, any, any organ that's not the breast. Okay, so here's one that just says, I, is never ever an answer? Absolutely. If you don't have breasts, we had a question there about a patient who has had double mastectomy. Do they need to get checked? No. You don't have breasts. You don't need mammograms. And the best test to, de- to tell if your breast implant is ruptured is touch. Oh, you can okay. tell it's ruptured because it gets all so you, squishy. So it's possible to never get a mammogram. What if you do have breasts? What if you're a woman who says, I don't want to get it? Is it okay? Yes. I actually have patients that ask that um, when they come in for their mammogram and they say, I, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, that's fine. But I'll, I'll ask them more questions regarding that. If you come in for your mammogram and I find something, would you do something about it? Would you have it removed? Would you go through any treatments? Would you follow up? If the answer is yes, then come in for your mammogram. If the answer is no, I have, I wouldn't do anything about it anyways, then, then exactly. What's the point? Yeah. yeah if you're not going to do anything about it anyways, what's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here's one. I have a mammogram every two years. The last two times I have had a mammogram, I've been told I have dense breasts. I have never had, de- had never had breast cancer, but my mother has had it twice. I am 68 years old, if that makes a difference. Should I be concerned about dense breasts? Yeah, dense breasts increase the risk of, of breast cancer um, about the same as having a first-degree relative. So I, I don't know if there's a stacking phenomenon, but I do know that um, mother having breast cancer increases, doubles your risk of breast cancer and um, – a dense breast also just about doubles your risk. So we're not, it's not from the text line, but what's with that comment that you guys put on the letters about dense breasts? What is that? It says, hear ye, hear ye, you have dense breasts. What does that mean? It's the law. We have yes, to. It's a state law. Okay, yeah. so you have to say it. It just yeah. means that I could have missed something? Is that what it's trying to get at? Well, we're, maybe instead of a one in eight chance of um, developing a breast cancer, your chances would be maybe one in four chance. And dense breasts do increase the likelihood that we will miss something on your mammogram. As, as I said earlier, breast tissue, uh, dense breast tissue and breast cancer have about the same density. And all we're looking at in mammograms is density. So one can hide the other. All right. We're in a lightning round on the text line. We have a lot more. So here's one. It says earlier in the first half of the show, Leah, you said a, a routine mammogram has four, four pictures. Here's someone that says for larger breasts – Eight x-rays are taken with an exclamation point. Is yes, that true? That is very true. Yes. If you, um, if your breast is too large to um, image in just one picture for the view that you're taking, you have to do 
um, an additional picture of the either the medial or the lateral or the middle or the side part portion of the breast. In some cases, the um, the nipple. You don't want to exclude any. So it's at least four, but you might need more. You might need more. Um, I've done as many as twenty. Oh, good grief! I can just that's a you. Okay, we have two minutes to go. Here we go. I have heard recently that you should request a shield for your thyroid while you are having your mammogram. Apparently, they all have it available, but it's not routinely offered. Is there a danger of thyroid cancer from the exposure, along with dental x-rays? There, theoretically, yes. The, the scatter radiation that could hit your thyroid. You, If you use a thyroid shield, the thyroid shield will probably get in the way of your mammogram and you'll probably get extra views. Um, so there's you you end up multiplying your risk by getting more and more and more views if if you have something like that that can get in the way of the mammogram. It might actually make things worse. Okay, how about this one? Um, does being overweight in men contribute to getting a form of breast cancer? Being overweight does contribute to risk of breast cancer because uh, the hormones, the, the estrogen hormones, um, get deposited and kind of hang out in adipose tissue. Men don't typically have a lot of estrogen, so it's it's more of a women thing. Okay, we have thirty seconds for this last one. My daughter, who is forty three, had a three D mammogram in October. It was all good. Three months later, she found a lump that turned out to be cancer. She had a double mastectomy in March. Young women with dense breast tissue need to be aware that mammograms, even three D, are not one hundred percent accurate for detecting breast cancer. Your comment? Very true. That's true. They're not. All right. Thank you for that text. Um, uh, it is a test that is worth doing. Um, the American College of Radiology recommends at age 40 every year, and uh, Hennepin Healthcare has the Wanzac Family Breast Care Center, a state-of-the-art facility right here in downtown Minneapolis. Leah, Tony, thank you for another great show. Thank, thank you. you. We didn't get to all your text messages. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.